It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The shark bait has such teeth there, and it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has a So, welcome everybody to this latest episode of Macklin's Take with me, Andy Clark and Matt Macklin. We are sat in the lobby at the Crown Plaza. Riverside, West Ferry. I was going to say the Intercontinental there, but that's that's not where we are. Confusion kind of reigns here slightly because it's Thursday fight week for Caressa Shields against Savannah Marshall. And currently, we don't really know whether the show is going to go ahead or not. There's no real point in us discussing it because by the time this this podcast comes out, we'll know whether it has happened or not clearly it's a situation regarding the uh, her majesty the queen which is unprecedented to to say the least um, but which has cast a bit of a, a pall over proceedings currently and there's a lot of a lot of confusion and as i say by the time you hear this you will know you will know what has in fact transpired but it's strange isn't it matt it's strange i mean our guest today uh, Great to welcome back to the podcast Peter Fury, who's Savannah's trainer, of course. Um, so he's currently sitting here with us, wondering what's in store with, for, for him for the next couple of days. It, it makes for a... It's all very odd, this. It is. I mean, we've just had an unbelievable press conference up there, as good as you'll have seen anywhere. Uh, all girls absolutely brimming with confidence that they're the better fighter, that they're going to win. I don't... I don't know who's going to win. You hear one team speak, they're so confident, they believe it so much, it's infectious, then you hear the other one, and you get swept with that, so you're kind of like in the middle, but whatever happens, you, you can't wait for Saturday night because you know it's going to be an unbelievable, not just an historic event because with it, with it being the first all-women's card, but the two main event fights, genuine, genuine pick and fights. Um, but now we're sat here, and the word flying around the place is that it could be off, which... It's a nightmare, really, when you think of all the work that's gone in from the fighters and the camps. But, and even the, 
the promotion, the logistics of getting putting this card together, getting everyone over here. Bob Arum's ninety. It's just I don't know. I think I feel a bit dazed. <laughs> like I've been hit with the right hand. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I think Pete's more dazed than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just in a little bit of a. To say to say it's a to say it's been struck by lightning is an understatement. But at the same rule, you know, I'm a big supporter of the Queen and what she's done through her life. So I just please God that the woman's okay. And uh, if it gets put off, it gets put off. There's nothing we can do. It's just uh, very sad if that is the case. But we don't know if that is the case. So God willing, uh, she's just took a bit of a turn for the worst and she's hanging in there. And then we Saturday night can roll on because officially nothing's off yet. We don't know. But if it is, if it is off, then first and foremost for me is uh, thoughts and prayers for the family, for the Queen. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll echo that 100%. And we'll move on from the subject now because otherwise we get stuck in this strange kind of space-time continuum where we're talking about something and by the time you listen to us talking about it it will already have happened or not happened we just we just don't know so i'm I'm, exactly i'm I'm confusing myself as i speak here to be honest it's all confusing to be fair it is it is it is so it's been a while since since we spoke um for for numerous reasons but it's always great to sit down with you in person, um, I always find, I find your social media game is very strong, Peter. You know, I always find, I find it very entertaining, your, your contributions on, on, on Twitter particularly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Generally about the kind of like the state of the boxing nation. Um, Dominic Ingall's done a bit the last few days, which, which seemed to me to echo quite a few of the things that, that you've been saying. So I just thought we'd get into that, basically. Um, yeah. we, we talked about it a lot on Macklin's Take, haven't we, Matt, about how kind of easy boxing is to be infiltrated. Um, unlike other years, sports, I, yeah. Uh, I said the amount of blaggers and chances and bullshitters in boxing, I don't think it does any other sport even comes close because the you can penetrate it so easily. Like I guess in a, to manage a top flight football team, th- there's a certain process you'll have gone through yeah, yeah. Feel, to get there. <laughs> exactly. But in boxing, you can be in the right place at the right time. Tell some fighter who's had a bad spa what he wants to hear, and you're in there. You know, all of a sudden you can you can piggyback. <laughs> You can piggyback your, cre- yeah. your credibility you've earned on that <laughs> to the next one. Well, And then people think, well, he's, he's trained him. He must be good. And you're like, no, he's just a good bullshitter. He's just very good at being in the right place at the right time. And then piggybacking, playing the association game. <laughs> you know, yeah. like strength and conditioning, pad men, those type of things. That you, they're, they're, they're the... They're the your best ones. I mean, you see a guy who's great on the pads. Don't mean he knows. He, he might know fuck all about boxing. He might, be, he might be great on the pads. You know, catching shots, doing flash thingies. But like, what about when you've been put down at the end of the seventh round and you, you come back to the corner? Can, does he know how to talk you through that moment? No. Does he know? Does he know how to change? Actually, what we've worked on in the gym, that ain't going to work now. You're going to bite down. You're going to go for this, or, or you know, make a make a decision, or, or you know what? I think you know what. He's took a bit of a beating here. He's caught over the right eye. He's only 22 years old. He's got a bright future ahead of him. I thought he, I thought this was a risk worth taking. It's not working out. I'm going to pull him out now and save him for another day. You know, it, these guys aren't going to be qualified to make those decisions. No. Do you know Definitely what I mean? Not. just not. Now, do you think it's reached kind of critical mass recently? Because it's kind of always been this way to an extent. Boxing is this this open house and there's there's upsides to that as well as as well as downsides but do you think maybe in recent times you we're just seeing too many 
too many people come into the really serious side of the business, which is fighters' safety, maybe, who aren't really qualified to be there. There's so many areas to cover with this. I think it's across the board. You know, you've got promoters as well when you see fighters get there and, you know, they're sending them emails, offering them silly amounts of money. And, you know, they, look, when, when something's been made, everybody can do it better. You know, you get that as well. You know, everybody can say, oh, you know, you know, just between me and you, I'd have give you X, Y, Z. Or <clears throat> I'd have done it this way. You've lost that fight, but if you'd have been listening to me, it would be this and it would be that and it would be the other. And you know what? Fighters sometimes are a bit volatile because they'll listen to kind voices or an independent person because at this level in boxing, it's monotonous with the same people all the time. So if somebody comes in fresh, it's just like a fresh pair of ears. I don't know. It's, I'm only giving an opinion. But it's got to be something. But it, it's clearly, clearly is a problem. They, they used to be really hot on it in Gleason's. And do you remember Buddy McGirt was saying about it? Like, you know, there was, it was like a, it was a cesspool. Yeah, you know, yeah. you guys there, or a cesspit, whatever it's called. When you had guys in there, maybe had a bad day sparring. And uh, he's on the bag then after a spar and the coach is training the new guy. And then you've got someone else in his ear saying, oh, he's, he's not doing enough for this we are. He's not doing yeah, enough yeah. for that we are. You know what I mean? They're le- yeah. le- leeching on, latching on. And uh, now you go Gleason's in the gym. He says, don't coach other people's fighters because it's notorious for people poaching them. You know, you've had, like say you're on a bad day in sparring or your confidence is a bit low or maybe your trainer's giving a bit more attention to a different guy because he's boxing a couple of weeks. Yeah. And you've got guys there just... <laughs> Pouncing, seizing the opportunity. But when you talk about trainers and coaches in boxing, you look you look at the likes of Ray Arcel and the amount of world champions he fought. An old man, he, he weren't doing no twelve rounds on the pads or, or, or doing these massive strength and conditioning circuits. No, you know what I mean? exactly. But he knew the game, and he, he talks about the emotional side of the or Customato, how he was instilling in confidence in Tyson. It's okay to be afraid. The hero and the coward feel the same fear. Yeah. But it's what the coward does, doesn't do, and what the hero does do. It makes the hero the hero and the coward the coward. But yeah. that, that's wisdom from years of, and, and being able to articulate and, and, and get through to the, you know, it's, getting through to, to the person you're trying to teach or coach, it's like saying it in a way that you can reach him. It's not, that's, that's an art in itself, isn't it? Of course it is. You know, uh, without mentioning any names, not so long ago, there was a serious fight on the, on the TV. Anyway, he went into rounds, and when he started getting into deep water, you know, somebody else had to take over because it was all out at sea. Anybody can do anything when things are going right. When it starts going pear-shaped, and you've got to really talk to that fighter, what happens then? Because they don't know how to turn the fight around, you know? And I remember, I remember years ago, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget this, and uh, I think when Tyson boxed Klitschko, he come back in the fifth round, fourth or fifth round. If you listen back on the mic, you'll probably pick it up. And I said, I always ask the fighter when they come back, how are you? My legs. He said, my legs has gone like lead. Started to panic a bit in the corner, you know. And uh, if that information would have been received and given to him the wrong way, that could have cost him the fight. Because I told him early on, move all the time, keep Klitschko guessing, keep him turning, faint him to death. I said, be awkward, because Klitschko had to be fair. I said, set your feet down. I said, and he'll throw his punches. So with the constant moving up and down, he said, oh, my legs, I'm feeling tired, my legs, he said, I feel like lead. I said, okay, 
you've done all that stepping, you've already got him where you want him. I said, from dancing up and down the ring, I said, now walk and just step around. I said, and when you come back after that round, I said, your legs will be back. I said, do what I tell you. Okay. So he stepped, stopped the dancing around, he slowed his feet up, come back, and I said, how do you feel? He said, a million dollars. Now, there's a prime example there, isn't he? What if, yeah, some cheerleader would have been in that corner, yeah? Oh, my, my, legs are, my legs are gone. Oh, you'll be all right. Just carry on. That's right. Then what? Yeah. Legs slow up even further. Yeah. They end up getting chinned. <laughs> it right. goes wrong, doesn't it? That's right. They can't, they can't adjust to what's actually happening if it goes off their script. No. Like you say, everything's great when everything goes to script. But when things <laughs> exactly. don't go to plan, you've, what, got, to, you've got to yeah. be able to adjust. What goes to plan in world-level boxing when you've got 50-50 fighters, yeah, same kind of thing. Then it comes to calming that fighter down under the pressure, yeah, and saying, look, ju- just give me that. You can't give a... F- when a fighter's in a neck-and-neck fight, yeah, and they're coming back... And it's like a 50-50, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. You can't just say, get excited, do this, do this, do this, do this. It's not happening. <laughs> You've got to say, look, this is how it is. Give me that there. Yeah? Keep doing what you're doing. Just do that bit there. Give me that. Just do that. And just take it round by round. Yes, all you can do is round by round. And then you just drip feed the fighter and help him along. You know, that's all you can do. But that does take experience. And to be honest with you, you have got to know this fight game. Not just looking at it on a television. You need to know the fight game properly to be able to gauge people through it. Because there's one thing, there's there's one thing somebody looking outside the ropes and saying, do this, do that. Well, I can tell you as easy as anything, can't I? Do this and do that. But somebody's got to do exactly what I'm saying. It never comes exactly anyway. Because talking is easy. Doing is difficult. Yeah? Even on a world level. The fighter has got to transcend and tweak it to his own purpose. He or she's purpose. And it's always the small little things. And that's it. And a lot of trainers as well don't see that. They think they can speak it. And all of a sudden, they're doing it. Well, that don't happen. Is that basically the the difference between the kind of two main facets of being a trainer which is one is in the gym and one is on the night because you know on I the think, night is you know what it's I different think, isn't it to simplify it all down you either know what you're doing or you ain't got an effing clue and that's what there's a lot of people in this game that hasn't really got a clue I've, I've, I've seen people in gyms and I've watched the information they've given there's all sparring partners I've seen the way they carry on and I think you ain't got a clue here you know, I've seen fighters that they've got as well, and I've seen them box, and I've seen them really, you know, rattled upside down or whatever over the years I'm talking about, not recently. And I think if you was in my gym, I'd tell you to retire. You're not going anywhere. You know, it's, it's a stark reality. You know, look, it's a very hard game, this, yeah. If you're not going anywhere, somebody needs to have a sit down and have a chat with them and say, listen, you know, time to call this a day especially if you're getting it with jabs and stuff and you're rocking all over the place it's clearly clearly this game is the hurt business not for you is it <laughs> you know but they'll just carry on and carry on and just let them do it but they'll get injured and they can get killed here there's that issue isn't it yeah of course I mean it's, it's the most it's the most serious business uh, there is in, in all of sports certainly I had a fella in the gym and just gives you an example this is how he this is how he infiltrate boxing Peter I love what you do. I think your fighter's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, 
in the corner, they'd run and get a towel, yeah, and start doing that with a face and everything. And I just thought these are just these are just fans. They're just just fans. And I'm making the day fine. Come in the gym, do this. From coming there, they've gone to here, there, 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 and they're, they're seeing fighters. They're going behind me back or whatever, meeting them up for dinner on the weekend or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> the next thing, they've opened a gym. Yeah. They've opened a gym and they're carrying on. I, they've done what they've done, but again, they ain't really gone anywhere. I don't know what's happened to them. Yeah. But that gives you an idea. They think they can watch something. Yeah. Watch what somebody's doing, copy that. Yeah. Or put their own little twist on it and off they go they think it's that simple that's what you've got here you've got a lot of idiots here I call them um, boxer sized people where they go in leisure centres start holding the pads coming in the gyms watching the fighters and they start picking it up from there hey 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 kids hey everybody sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher how you doing sir I am uh, in hell, thank you. Are you uh, excited about something? I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? Yes. It's called the Desire and Capital Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to the Desiring Capital Podcast, coming soon to a bourgeois platform near you. On your marks, get set, go! It brings to mind a great, a great Billy Graham quote, actually, that I think he gave to a good pal of ours, John Evans, when he was doing his his column in Boxing Monthly, where he he was talking about exactly what you're talking about there, and he said, "Well, you know, a parrot is good at repeating things that other people have said, but I wouldn't tr- trust the fucker in the corner." And it's 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 that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you're around enough gyms, you'll hear lots of different sayings, lots of different cl- cliches, but. For every cliche in the world, there's a cliche that contradicts it. Yeah, it's yeah. knowing what to apply, which f- form of wisdom to which situation, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's and people who are who are blaggers won't know that. They'll just know the cliche, and I'll be throwing them out here and there, and they can wing it a little bit. Like you say, when when they've got fighters, especially the ones if they're being they're a prospect and they're being matched well, they're in fights that they're supposed to win. But when you're at the championship level, when it's fi- when when it's fifty fifty. Uh, type of fights that's that's when they get exposed is this is there a role here for the border control is there more that they could do when it comes to granting professional trainers licenses or maybe suspending trainers licenses if they see something happen which they feel shouldn't have happened like a fighter is left in there too long or they're overmatched or or things of that nature but i, I don't know because you that can, an experienced coach can can can, can get that wrong you know he can get he shouldn't but they can do it's like how do you monitor that and it, there's, there's too many things in boxing which are open to opinion you know like where I know the board of control maybe they they, they, they they sit down and, and they chat it through but like for example some of the judges you know we've seen we see a lot you know not mentioning any names but there are certain judges that have had more than one shocker do you know what I mean yeah they get brought before the board and then they get cleared. So it's like, what was the point? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying there, but but is 
does it need to be a bit more stringent the licensing procedure is that something that could be done is, is that realistic I think it is realistic you know I went and um, I run on an Irish license for years because I had issues with a boxing board because of me me past record and um, and they wouldn't give me the license and then years later they said look it's been a long time Pete you know apply for your license and I went and applied for it and I'm in uh, Coventry somewhere three or four years ago and there must have been 40 or 50 people there a lot of them look like young bits of kids to me. I'd never seen them before. And I thought, you know, what are, what are you here to do? You know, they don't let their ass from their elbow, but, but they're getting licenses. They're probably the better at getting licenses than me because they can fill them forms in better, you know. But what does it mean? It's, you know, they do need to have a proper look at it. The boxing board do a good job in certain areas, protecting fighters, health-wise and all of that, you know. But it does need looking at because there is two... There's too many idiots in this game with opinions, training, whatever. And there's too many fools wanting to get their face on a camera as well. And that's what boxing does. It allows people to get their face on a camera, get round people that spent their life in boxing. Do you understand? That's worked themselves to death to get there. They're a certain breed of a fighter, isn't they, to get a fighter? That's fight got to fight all their life and put it all on the line. It's not every day Joe Bloggs going to do that. <laughs> it's a special kind of person that does it, like I said before. So these want to wrap themselves around this type of person because they can never be like that person in the first place. So they're happy to get there, but when they get there, they take a, another further leap and go somewhere else. And this is a problem with boxing. It attracts, it attracts a lot of fan-based people where they can get a little bit over with it over-possessive with the fan base and they want to become something involved in it. Do you think it's easier for blaggers and infiltrators now because of the way the world is, the digital platform, social media? I'm not one to blame social media for all the ills of the world, but, you know, there are pluses and minuses, but I think maybe, I think maybe it has made it a bit easier. Yeah, I, th I think, and I think people are more, um, I don't know, th th they're more impatient for, for, for results like you know tra training a fighter the, 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 the real good trainers it's not about six weeks it's about six years do you know what I mean there's only so much you can achieve in six weeks or eight weeks you know one camp a fight you know I'll give, I'll give an example so when I when I went with, to train with Billy Graham uh, I, I was pro a few years at the time uh, and he, he said to me look he says, if I want to criticise you, he says, you're a little bit mechanical. He says, you need a bit more rhythm. He said, uh, you know, he said, but this is going to be really awkward for you. He said, because, you know, how, your stance, your balance, how far your feet are, all this type of thing. That's the fundamental way you hold yourself. So to be a bit, to drop the hands a little bit, to bring your feet in a little bit more, to be a bit looser, you know, to do that in shadow boxing, do it on the bags, do it on the pad work. Then you've got to get the confidence to try it in sparring. It's going to feel awkward in sparring. Maybe you get caught a little bit the first time you do it, but you've got to stay with it until you, 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 you get the confidence and you just nail it. And then it starts becoming part of your style. Then you'll start doing it in your fights. What I'm saying is, the, there's a process for this to happen and it takes a while. Like, you, you don't just do it, you don't Take do years. a drill on the pads and then it's done. Like, over that, when I had that first fight with Billy, you know, obviously then the six weeks and the eight weeks, I'm getting fit as well. I'm sparring as well. If I spar well, my confidence is good. If I didn't spar well, my confidence ain't going to be great. Hopefully I'll spar better the next day. Over that six-week period or eight weeks, whatever it was, there was there was little gains. But over four years with him, I was a completely different fighter. 
But that four, that took four years. That didn't happen over six weeks. But fighters go jump with trainer and they expect miracles in six to eight weeks. It's not going to happen because it, it take it's it's a process. Do you know what I mean? It, you, if you look at the process that it goes through, it's never going to be achieved in that time. You you might you might have a bit of a freshness going with a new trainer, and you know the, sometimes a change is as good as a break, and there's a bit of a freshness and. It, you kind of reinvigorate you or motivate you yeah, but yeah. to make substantial change or improvements it takes time but I think with the social media now people are like look, looking what everyone's looking over the fence aren't they to see what everyone else is doing and like because there's so many blaggers there's, there's a lot of like the blind leading the blind yeah one thing that's always interested me as well is that there doesn't really seem to be much in the way of safeguards for trainers in terms of their employment status, if you like, because a fighter will sign a contract with a manager, they'll sign a contract with a promoter that guarantees the manager, the promoter, certain things, but no one really seems to do that with a trainer. So it would seem that a fighter could just can his trainer or her trainer whenever they feel like it without any kind of, without, without any real consequences other than an awkward phone call or an awkward conversation. But you you can, don't seem to really have any yeah. security as trainers. But, but that can work both ways. What if the fighter gets with a trainer and the trainer's no good, and the trainer can't get it, and the fighter can't get out of it because he's contracted up? <laughs> so it's a two-way street, isn't it? And, and I think the reality, anyway, Peter, is if, if, if the fighter don't want to train with the trainer, no, what's it's the point? It's, it's done anyway, isn't it? Just open the door and let him go through it. Yeah, yeah no, but I just uh, do you not think that's strange though? That there's a contractual element to the to, to the relationship with the promoter and the manager and the trainer's probably you've got to be the most important person haven't you because the coach relationship the coach athlete relationship in boxing the only other one I would say which is kind of like anywhere near as close is maybe golf where you've got your you know your caddy is, is, is basically doing everything but play the shot for you but he can't play the shot for you you're doing everything but throwing those punches for Savannah tomorrow night but you can't do it for her you're the most important person there is in that setup apart from the athlete but the one with the least security. I don't know. Like you, you two have been around this longer than me. It's just always. I've just always thought that was strange. Yeah, well, I think it's the, the dynamic, isn't it? Like I say, look, you can have contracts, but the reality is, if the trainer, if, the, if that relationship breaks down, it breaks down. You're not going to stay together just because it's written in a contract. The trainer isn't one going to do it, and the fighter's not going to want to do exactly. it. Exactly. If it doesn't work for one, it doesn't work for the for either. Oh, no, I get that, I get that. But you, you just get certain situations where someone is still paying a manager who is not managing them anymore because that, bro that relationship has broken down, but they're under contract, so they still get what they are kind of due if they feel that they've been wronged, you know. It's, just, it's a, you know... I think what might have happened and what could be different in, in that particular thing, dynamic there with the manager is, like, in a lot of cases, a manager uh, will pay a fighter a signing-on bonus to manage them. And if they, so therefore, if it, it, early doors, that they need that protected somehow. So the contract then in that relationship and they're calling on resources and they're putting in a lot of time, then, you know, they, it's less personal a relationship. The, the, the trainer-fighter relationship is more personal in a lot of ways with the manager one, especially if he's invested money, uh, like a signing bonus or something. It can be more just business with them. But for the fighter who's got to be in the gym every single day with the trainer, who's getting his head punched in, inspiring, or you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a yeah. bit different. But okay. it, comes, it comes back as well to what Matt's just said there. You have got a personal relationship, you know, with a fighter, because ultimately, it's like getting a paid hand in. What you just what you said a little while ago, where 
they're coming in, they might invigorate you a little bit. They might, whatever, or they hire them into the corners. And, you know, you see four or five people in the corner. You know, I, I look at that and I think that's Armageddon. That's, that's, just a, that's just a comedy sketch. That's what I look at. Because I know what, I know what it takes. When a fighter's in deep water, it's going wrong. Yeah? Who do you turn to? You turn to the one who you love and respect and you trust. Yeah? Like, when I was, when I go in, if I'm, anything serious ever happened to me, I phone my missus up. Because she's the only one that's really that majorly close to me, yeah? It's the same with fighting. We're all the same human being. You go to the person that's closest to you and say, look, I've got an issue here. You know, that, that trust in, and when they hear that coming in their ears from somebody they know has got their interest, one million percent, and you love and care for them, and you want them to win more than anything, that's the ear they're going to listen to. They ain't listening to a paid hand because all that goes out the window. That's just an associate. He don't matter. He's a faceless person all of a sudden. That's why these people that draft in and they give opinions, okay, when it's going good, when the shit hits the fan and it's going wrong, you've got to have that proper personal relationship to get through that fight. Because if I'm being paid and I've just got a fighter and I don't really know the fighter, yeah, if he's losing, I'll just go, as calm as you like, yeah, you need to do that, that and that. If you lose, you lose. What's it really to me? Huh? I'm just part of a team in that corner. It's not on me. He ain't my fighter. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah? But when I'm in there with Savannah, I'm taking all the punches. I'm watching everything. It's in my vested interest. I put my life on it. I wanted to get through that and win it. Forget money, forget everything. I wanted to win it more than anything on this planet. Yeah? There's a big difference. And that's why I have a limited amount of fighters. And that's why we've had the success we've had. Because I'm a person's person. I'm not, about a, I'm not about a payday. I'm not about anything. I'm about achievements in this sport and getting my fight to, do, to be the best they can be in all regards. And that's, that's to be like that, you've got to care for the fighter. And I think that's another major issue. You can be Einstein and have no connection with a fighter. It ain't going to work. Yeah, that's it. It's connection. It's yeah. about the connection. You've got to have that connection. You have to have that there. Without that, you're not going anywhere. That's my opinion. Hey, everybody, this is Moto G Pete from the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle make, model, and style that could possibly exist, plus news and racing. That's the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast from Moto One Podcast Network Studios. Is what Peter's just said there, is that maybe why, there's probably a number of reasons, but we talked about it a bit, is that maybe why you haven't done it yet? Gone down the training route? Because you know that if you're going to do it, it's got to be like that, doesn't it? No, it, it, exactly. It, I, I know by my personality, the way I am, if I was going to train someone, it would take over my life. <laughs> I know it will. I know, I know, and I just know that it will, and I'm not. Yeah, because in that you're a fighter, yeah. and you know what it takes. So you're gonna give everything you've got. It'll be everything. I'll be thinking. I'll be at home in bed thinking about things the next day. Matt, you know. don't bother with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, that, that's why I haven't Listen, bothered with it. Leave it. That, that's it's why I haven't good bothered advice, with it. Yeah? yeah, you know. That's why I haven't bothered with it yet because I just think I, I'm not ready. I don't, I, well, I haven't met the person yet. Uh, for one, and secondly, I've just even if I did, I don't know if I'm in that position. I don't know if I'm in that place in my life yet to give the commitment that I would want to give. And if I'm not yeah. going to give it my all, I'd just rather not do it. Exactly, that's the right way to do it. 
So, so when it comes to taking on a new fighter with, with you then, you, 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 like you say, you don't work with too many people. How do you figure out whether it's going to be for you or not? Is there a, a trial period? Um, there's probably quite a few fighters we don't know about who have wanted to work with you. You've given it a try and you've thought to yourself, I don't think this is going to... I'm not feeling it. This isn't going to happen. You must get people wanting you to train them a lot. Yeah, I've got people in the gym now. And it's, uh, you know, I train, obviously, Yui and Savannah, they're my priority in the, in, in the gym. But I've got other fighters in there. And, you know, I don't mind giving them some advice. They're in there. So I'm giving them advice. I haven't got to go all up and down the country where they're boxing and stuff. I give them advice. They come in the gym. They use the gym. And I'll help them. I'll help them to the best of my ability because they're nice people. So I'm helping them. And if I can help them and give something to them, that's fine. And if it's not out my way, look, I've got April Hunter on, on the card here, you know. So she's a nice young girl, trying her best, you know. Um, she's there. It's not out my way. She ain't got separate fights up and down the country, but I've got to go to. So if it's in my space and I can cope with it, I'll do it. But if it's, if it's not in my space and I can't cope with it, I'll just say, I don't want to do it. So... It's got to be comfortable for me, do you know what I mean? Because when I come to a time where I've got to stretch myself, bearing in mind I'm coming 55 year old, yeah? If I've got to stretch myself or, and I'll th I do think like this now, what I'm okay with today, I might not be okay with next week because the workload's too much, yeah? And then I'm going to get sick of going to the gym and then I've got to let them down. So I think about all them things because it comes back to what Matt's just said, I've got to give it 100%. So at the moment, the way I've got the system set up, I can give it 100%. But these young fighters that I've got coming through or whatever, you know, maybe there's a good chance they'll never be sitting up on these podiums with me. You know, maybe they'll be going with somebody else because, uh, you know, I can't cope with them or whatever. I don't know. I just take that as it, as it goes. I've got no plans with anything. My main priorities at this time is helping the young fighters I've got in the gym, doing what I can with them. Let's see where it goes under my own capability and, uh, and getting Savannah and Yui where they need to be. What, what's it like physically? I, I listened to a podcast the other week with Shane McGuigan talking to Tris Dixon and he was outlining, he's got about seven or eight fighters at the minute. He's got Dubois, who's got heavyweight, same as you have. Yeah. Uh, he's got a Cole, he's a big puncher. And he was just kind of taking us through, the listeners, the toll it takes on his hands, on his wrists, on his elbows, his shoulders. It's something that people maybe don't really think about but it must be you know taking Huey on the pads Savannah can crack we all know that there's there's a physical toll there there's got to be do you know what I'm going to say something now uh, years ago when I, when I started doing it I did have problems with my elbows and the backs of my wrists as well there and um, but for quite a few years now I've been fine I don't know what's happened maybe my bones has got used to it or something I don't know but I don't get that anymore but it is it's a hard commitment because alright that's good for a pad session there's six fighters in the gym they've got six rounds each well how long I'm in there for two three hours you know you come out I've got to put two t-shirts on yeah it was ringing wet yeah so you've got them sessions in that gym it takes up all my day your day's done I've gone on that gym in the broad daylight in the morning and come out in the dark so it gives you an idea, doesn't it? You know, sweat everywhere. You've probably lost eight to ten pounds in a session yourself. You know, working with them, explaining to them, talking to them. 
you know. The only good thing I'll say about it, it takes away all the other stress. Because while I'm doing that, I ain't got all these stupid phone calls to make an XYZ because there's no service in the gym. So it takes me out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Get a bit of peace. Hard work, but I get a bit of peace at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I said it to you. Like I said, you know, we'll go back. We said about Ray Arcel, Custom Auto, these guys. I do think that, and maybe it's a bit with social media and people thinking what everyone else is doing, the blind leading the blind, whatever you want to call it. I do think there's, you know... (laughs) Taking someone on the pads is just it's taking someone on the pads. That's what it is. That's not coaching them or teaching them necessarily about boxing. You might be showing them, a, you know, pads can show someone how to do something. But, you know, people who are doing like 10 and 12 rounds on the pads, do you need to do that on the pads? You can do that on the heavy bag. Do you know no, what I mean? Exactly. Like, you what, see these punches you know. coming in, combinations and all that. That doesn't happen in reality. Get in the ring. What happens when your opponent moves over there to the left or the right? And he gives you a feint and he slips all together. What are you going to do? Throw a combination in midair. It's, it's crap. It's a workout. You know when I get my fighters on the pads? They don't do a double jab right hand left duck stood on the spot because you're not going to get all them punches off on a world level fighter, are you? Who's going to stand there and let you do that? You'll slip and slide and take your face off. So it's all about stand there. How do you get that distance there? How do you get over there and come in there without them seeing you doing it? So, show your feint first, your back leg comes out a little bit, you disguise it with your feint, so they're looking at your feint while your back leg sticks out, then you're in again with the front foot. All of these things, yeah, distance needs to be spoke about. Show me how you get in that distance, yeah? So if shots come in, what do you do? Well, I'll do this, yeah, but your two feet's like two pieces of concrete. Do that and move the feet at the same time. When you're under attack, go this way. If you're closer to this back foot, go that way. Don't stand there. Because if you're stood still, you're getting them combinations in and the fighters move in as well. Move. So all these type of things, that's what proper pad work is. Getting your fighter to do things and then put it all together and say, right, now show me inspiring. And they can't show it you're inspiring, so they'll try it and make a fool of it. But after so many spars, it starts coming. So we do the pads, then we get in the ring and say, right, do what we've worked on. Forget what they're doing. I don't care if you get your face punched off. Work on them few things because that's what I want you to work on. And that's what we work on. Individual things until they get it right. They'll work on that and exhaust it and then move on to something else. I think that, to me, is a good process of learning the fighter properly. Yeah, the, the pads really should be used as drills to, to go through things, to, to teach, to, to, yeah. to correct you or whatever. To, you know, you're dropping your hand when you do it. But like, it, it shouldn't be for a, a, a 12-round workout. That's not what they were invented for. I mean, that's what some people use them for now, but that, that's not what they were initially meant to be. That was not meant to be the purpose of them. It was just meant to be to be able to, for drills and, how, and to correct fighters for making mistakes, what they see them, the coach would see them doing on the bags or, 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 or in the sparring. It, it, it's to teach you something. And then, you know, you repeat it, repeat it, drills, and it becomes part of your game. But, you know, to, to, to just to kind of... Um, you know, do a, do a 12 round, 15 round, whatever workout on the pads. That, that, that's what they, they weren't meant for that. We've only got a few more minutes. Macklin's very busy this week, Peter. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's, got a, he's got a head off in the direction of Buckingham Palace. I might Palace. not be, no. <laughs> well, well, yeah, he's got a head off in the direction of Buckingham Palace, coincidentally, yeah. uh, in, in a five minutes or so. One thing that always really interests me is, and you touched on it earlier on, is talking a fighter through a fight in the corner when, when, as you said, when the shit hits the fan. How easy is it 
I've got a top trainer and a former top fighter in front of me here, so this is the perfect time to ask it. How easy is it for you to get your message across when, when the shit hits the fan? How easy is it for you, Macklin, to take it in? Because it seems to me that minute in between, you've got 40 seconds really probably by the time they're sat down and then you've got to get them back out at the end of the, of the minute. It seems to me sometimes... I look at the fighter and I just think, I don't think anything's going in there. How, how, how do you get the message through? Well, the fighter comes back, like you say. I always get them to do breathing exercises when they come back. Take a deep breath, breathe out. Take another deep breath, breathe out. While that's happening, Kerry's doing the, 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 the Vaseline, the looking for cuts, making sure everything's all right, wiping the fighter down. And then I go, uh, right, um, are you listening? Can you hear me? get an acknowledgement of the fighter right I just uh, right do this and do that because the reason being when you're intense in training camps and you take things seriously you go through all the pitfalls what can go wrong and you go through it in advance yeah I don't go through what's going to go right in there yeah that's that's the easy part isn't it going right well if it goes right it's easy isn't it but it don't go right does it so where come what's not going to go right and then i'll say to the fighter right if this happens i will be saying this to you and i want you to do xyz and it's very important and this is what i always say to my fighters it's very important when i speak to you you take it on board you actually try and do it don't listen to me go out there and you can't do it so when I talk to you, even in the sparring, when you come back every round, yeah, I'll let him have a drink or whatever, and I'll say, right, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Do this and do that. And if you don't do it when you come back, I'll say, well, how come you didn't do what I asked you to do there? Yeah? Oh, well, with this, that, and the other. I say, okay, then this round, go and do it. So they've got that in them. So that's the best way to get through to the fighter because when the shit does it to the fan, I'm in a 50-50, and they're coming back with the lungs going through the mouth, yeah? and a little bit dazed or whatever, that bit of recovery, before you start speaking, there's only a few words that's going to go in. It, it's, it's only a few words, and they're going to they're gonna latch onto that and think, right, he's telling me that, that's what I need to do, go out and do it. You start complicating things, forget it. That's what my opinion is. Oh, no, that's it, 100%. You know, you, you, like you say, you, you get back to the corner, the bell goes, you get back to the corner, <laughs> you, you, your heart rate's up wherever it's at you, 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 you getting air into your lungs is the initial then getting the water you know you're probably 30 seconds in at that point so really you know you, and you can't you can't tell them something that they don't you, you're just sort of prompting them it's like you know in, in someone's acting in a, in, in a drama play or something and someone just prompts the word they know their lines they just probably can't quite think of it. you just prompt them it's a bit like that in a fight you've already talked through every possible Scenario of how this what could happen in this yeah. fight, or you should you should have gone through every possible scenario. So then it's so it's like cues. Then you just go right, this has happened, or and you're just giving them the, the main point or two. There's no point bombarding someone uh, if they're you know trying to get their breath back or they've been buzzed up. You know, it's, a, it's about keeping it simple and and just reverting to things you've already discussed. They they'll already know plan A, B, C, D, or if this happens, we do this. So that should already be done, and it's just you're literally prompting them. Yeah, I, I just love watching it between rounds. The access you get in the corner is great. You know, you don't get it in other sports. You don't get to go in at half-time and listen to I think listen another to the important thing is as well, it's how you're delivering that message. If that fighter sees you're desperate yourself... Yeah, and you're saying, look, 
I really need you to do this, I need you to do that. Well, that means I'm telling you that under pressure because it's going wrong. I would never talk like that to my fighter, yeah? I will say it like this, right, you, you can hear me okay, can't you? Right, I need you to do that, that and that and just do this, yeah? You okay with that? Clear? Yeah, go and do it. There's a big difference. Just the phrase is how you're going to say it. But if I say, are you listening to me? Because you definitely need to do this. It's like we're in a life and death situation. You're panicking the fighter even more. Settle the fighter down. Get that mind right. They say that, I don't know what the saying is, but it's something like 80, I don't know if it's 80% or 90%. It's, of, it's tone. It's, it's not what you it say, is. it's how you say it's it. It's how you say it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> They're reading it. We're all human. You know, you know, it's like it's like going on the operating theatre, isn't it? And so you can hear the doctors saying, "Poor, I don't know where this is going to go." If you're, if can you imagine? sat down and, and, and your trainer's there panicking. You're you're going to panic. You're going to feel yeah. panicked, aren't you? Of course you are. Yeah, no, that's well, that's absolutely yeah. You know, it'll calm you. Absolutely. There's all sorts of studies done on this. So it isn't that we're you know so we're children growing up. So basically, down to what I've said. Get the jokers out of sport because. I've just mentioned we've highlighted on some things here that these jokers cannot do they haven't got the mindset they don't know about boxing they're not boxing people and they shouldn't be in them corners guiding fighters in them well, I think we'll leave it there. Amen to that. Um, I wish we had a little bit longer, but uh, it's been quite a hectic day. It's been an unusual kind of a day. And, and as I say, by the time you listen to this, then this whole scenario we described at the at the very start will have will have will have played out, and uh, the world could be a pretty different place in the United Kingdom we'll, we'll wait and see Peter thanks for your time it's, it's great fun um, good to see you Andy good to see always you good to see you. always thanks. good to see you Macklin um, we will catch you again next time everybody thanks for tuning in Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.